Hello, my name is Jess, and this is Patient POV, the podcast where we talk about all things chronic illness related. And today we had the great chance of talking with Sarah, somebody who is a fellow POTSI. And uh, in honor of Dysautonomia Month, because uh, this is going to come out October 1st, um, we got to chat about her experience with a chronic illness, specifically with POTS and fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. So it was a really great opportunity to hear from her and, and she is from the United States. So that was cool to hear that perspective. So I just thought I would do a little intro and um Something interesting this week in my life is Jordan, my brother, got uh, the Wii back out and we've been playing Mario Kart Wii and we haven't done that in a very long time. Um, it was one of those games that we never has had growing up. We had a Wii growing up, but never, never Mario Kart. So it was always the game we would go to other people's house and play and it was so exciting. So I think it was Last Christmas or two Christmases ago during COVID, must have been a few Christmases ago, uh, during COVID, he got the game and um, the like steering wheel real remote holders. <laughs> so we've been playing that a lot lately for some reason, um, but it's been a lot of fun. So that was kind of the highlight of my week this week was getting to... Um, replay those games um so that was a lot of fun but anyways onward we go and we can just jump right into our interview with sarah do you want to just start by introducing yourself sharing a little bit about um who you are and kind of what you've gone through yes yeah, so my name is sarah reed and i am 20 years old almost 21 and i have multiple chronic illnesses i have pots fibromyalgia and ME-CFS, and I was diagnosed with those at 17. So I've um, officially had a diagnosis for a few years now and just kind of learning how to navigate life a little bit differently than most people my age. So, and that's a little bit about me. Yeah, awesome. And then I'm trying to ask everybody who comes on the podcast, um, is there any TV shows or movies that you've been watching lately? Oh my gosh, yes. So I've been, because it's like, in my mind, it's fall. I know it's only like the beginning of September, but I've been rewatching Gilmore Girls. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I've been loving that. So that's kind of what, on the days I don't feel as good or I need a distraction from symptoms, that's my go-to show. Perfect, yes. No, fall time is, has to be Gilmore Girls, for sure. 100%. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um. So speaking of, those bad days. Um, what are some things that you like to do or you find you're able to do when you're um, going through a bad day or a flare up, like those coping strategies? I definitely would say like watching TV is a huge thing for me because it's low energy. And then listening to podcasts, um, music, if I'm having a low spoon day, but still not completely out of spoons, aka energy, I will... Um, do work on digital art or try to crochet. Those are things I could do sitting down and still, it still takes energy, but it's something I can do kind of distract myself on days that I have a little bit more energy, but still not as much as like cleaning the house or something crazy. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I saw recently you posted your nighttime route or your daytime routine. And I was yes. like, yep, that, that sounds about right. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. So then on those days that you, are having a bad day, you don't have so many spoons, um, as we like to call it. Um, who would you say is your support system that you really turn to on those bad days? 
I'd definitely say my family. I'm very fortunate to, I have a huge support system and I'm very thankful for that because I know not everyone in the chronic illness community has that, but my mom is a huge supporter and so is my dad, my grandparents and aunts. I mean, I just have such a, a huge community that I can, I can turn to and my friends are very supportive. So, I mean, even though they might not have chronic illnesses and stuff, they can still support me and be there and listen to me like vent about my hard days. Yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. Um, speaking of getting diagnosed with your chronic illness and whatnot, you were mentioning you got diagnosed when you were 17. How how long previous to that did you start experiencing symptoms? Oh gosh, I've struggled with my health off and on since I was like a kid, since I was a young kid, and it just kept progressively getting um, worse each year. And so around probably 11, I started having problems with my right eye. And I actually had, it took a long time for the doctors to figure out what was wrong. And when they did, it was um, at 12, they realized, like 12-ish, 13, they realized I had staph infection in my right eye. And it was kind of a downward spiral from there, which we didn't realize, you know, the dry eyes that can come with some of my health issues and how it can create infection and stuff. So it was just, you know, lots of medicine for that, taking care of that at a young age. And then um, started dealing with like super fatigue and stuff like that and couldn't do the things um, most of my peers did. I was homeschooled, so it did um, make it easier. I could rest a lot and still make sure, you know, I kept learning and stuff, but it was, a, it was a very hard, it was a very hard journey to like finally get a diagnosis. And um, doctors, of course, as most people in the chronic illness community know, lots of gaslighting, lots of doctors saying your tests are normal congratulations or you look completely fine or like you know all these things and so it was such a a long journey I think I started seeking out doctors and specialists in hospitals around 13 and finally after years and years of misdiagnosis or being like well it could be this or it could be that I finally at 17 we traveled to Mayo Clinic in Minnesota which is where I got my diagnoses and so it's just kind of been that whole process of like where I thought I'd have this magic pill where I get better. Now I realize I have something like chronic illnesses and I have to just learn how to, um, treat, to um, treat the symptoms and, and help my body the best I can and also learning how to thrive in a body that is sometimes, it's a struggle to thrive in. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so now you say chronic illnesses, um, just so that everyone is really clear, or if you're comfortable, do you mind sharing what illnesses you have? Yeah, so um, POTS, which stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, for those of you who don't know, and then fibromyalgia and MECFS, which I just learned how to pronounce. If I'm pronouncing this wrong, I'm like really sorry, but it's myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is the ME, and then CFS, chronic fatigue syndrome, and so they kind of go hand in hand. So those are the, the diagnoses that I have as of right now. As of right now. Yes. <laughs> that's always the caveat. Hopefully that's all I have, but you know, there's always that question of, is there more? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, so you were, and thank you for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. but you were mentioning, uh, on your Instagram or you did a video about like a day in the life, um, with chronic illnesses. So would you be able to just take us through, if you could think of like an average day or like an average week, what would be kind of your daily routine for you? Um, I would say definitely I wake up at like 
So my alarm goes off at 10.15 normally, and I know that's super late, but that's what works best for my body. And I'll take my beta blockers to help with POTS. And then I'll normally lay in bed and rest until around 11. And then I'll have my salt drinks because got to have that for POTS. And then if I'm having a high pain day from my other health issues, from a or something, it only takes a little bit longer to wake up because of being super stiff in the morning and um, just really tired. And then I will have breakfast and then normally rest because, you know, breakfast takes it out of you. And then it, each day it kind of changes a little bit depending on what I have the next day or the, what I did the day before. But normally rest is like crucial it gets the most attention. So rest is, of course, what I do the most. And then I'll try to, you know, maybe pick up in my room a little bit because I like to have a clean space. And so I don't like it to get out of hand because then that takes too much energy trying to get it back together. And then maybe work on Instagram posts or my podcast or something and then eat lunch and rest again. And so it's really just having to, instead of overdoing it, learning to do a little bit and then rest, do a little bit and then rest. So it's just that navigating and knowing And there's some days where I have more energy and I'll probably, as we all do, we push ourselves a little too hard on the days we feel better. And so I'll maybe go shopping with my mom, if you know, using my wheelchair and, but then I'll like come home and I'll rest. So it's just one of those things where you make the best of it and you do what you can when your body lets you. And then you also realize that your body is, more sensitive than most so you have to make sure you give it the love and attention it needs and the rest it needs yeah no for sure thank you for that and you mentioned your podcast where can they find you um with your podcast there as well yeah so it is be positive it's like p-o-t-s and then is so it's like positive but positive and um that's on like most um streaming platforms i think it's on spotify and um, Apple Music, I don't know, it's on, it's on a couple, you can Google it and be like Sarah Reed at Be Positive Podcast and it should pull up. Perfect, perfect. And then what kind of things do you cover on the podcast? Oh, just kind of like all kinds of stuff, whatever I feel like is important to me, like that week, I'll like try to address it. So it's very like, there's no like set, like plan. It's just kind of like, what do I feel like needs to be talked about? Because I feel like there's so many topics that are hard to discuss or can be difficult to discuss. And so I feel like I kind of want to break those barriers and like be the one that talks about them or at least talks about it more in depth. And that's why I love that you asked me on because I feel like there's not a whole lot of podcasts out there for young adults with chronic illnesses. There's not even like a whole lot of podcasts for people struggling with disabilities or chronic illness so I think what you're doing is really cool just kind of showing people you know that you can thrive with health issues even if it looks a little bit different yeah no for sure thank you for that um yeah no I I I totally agree and and the thing is is we are showing that every condition is different but everybody is all struggling with something and so um yeah no I do appreciate that the encouragement there for sure um as we're speaking about something that's um, not typically spoken about all that often, you were mentioning you, the, the medical gaslighting, we're talking about all these different problems with the healthcare system. Now you're in, in the United States. And so what has your experience been with the American healthcare system? I know you said you went to the Mayo Clinic for a little bit. Um, so, so what's that been like for you? I feel like 
everywhere you're going to have your doctors who really want to try to do their best to help you, but you're also going to have those doctors who maybe should have chose a different profession um, that aren't maybe the nicest at their job. So I've definitely had um, some really supportive doctors. My functional neurologist that I see now is amazing and she's so supportive, but I've also had doctors who've like been really mean. Um, when I first was re was looking for answers about my health issues, I went to one doctor, um, he was in a different state. So we tra traveled to see him and he was like supposed to be top notch, like the greatest of all time. He had written like college textbooks. So we're like, maybe this, this guy is gonna help us. Um, but he took one look at me and said, your hair is too thick for you to have health issues. And um, then he found out I was homeschooled and he was like, the reason that you have health issues, if you even do, is because you're homeschooled and don't have PE, which if you knew me, you knew I was very active, love to do everything, but because of my health, I had to stop doing that. And so, and not even like every, not, some of my friends didn't even do PE that went to public school. So it was just one of those things he looked at me and already labeled me and my test came back abnormal. And he was like, well, maybe there's something wrong. Or like we already we found a new doctor. Thank you for not helping me. <laughs> so I've definitely experienced super kind doctors who are willing to help, but I've also experienced doctors just being very weird and not helping me at all. Yeah, I know that is horrible when that happens. You just yeah. it, it it doesn't feel good at all. Like that is yeah. one of the worst feelings. Definitely. And I had um this was a few years, this was a couple years back after I had a diagnosis um of POTS which you know with the high heart rate and everything and um she was also a big doctor from a big hospital and she told me that I didn't have anything wrong it was because I was deconditioned that my heart rate would get to 250 beats per minute walking to the kitchen and um so it was just like so I've I've seen you know the good the bad the ugly I've seen all of it yeah. And so when you have a doctor, you're sitting in their office and they're telling you something, you know, is not true. Like it's because of deconditioning or because you were homeschooled or all these like very untrue things. Um, how, how do you deal with that in terms of once you come out of that appointment or even within the appointment, like, how do you do that? I feel like it's definitely a hard thing and especially like for me, like when I would go to the doctor and stuff, it takes, it's, it's different than when a healthy person goes, you are using your time and your energy to get dressed. You're feeling all those strong emotions. You're feeling scared, a little anxious, hopeful for maybe some help, then you're nervous. So you're going through all these emotions already and you're getting there and you're having to sit up, which takes energy. And so when you have something like being gaslit, like it, it hurts deep within. And so I feel like there's no one way to cope. There's lots of different ways. It's a, it's emotion you have to definitely process. I um, listen to a lot of Christian metal music after appointments to kind of help me cope because I was like, if I listen to sad girl music, like I'm going to break down. So I was like, I got to put on my, my Christian metal music, like screaming, everything's going to be okay. So I feel like, and then there was times where it was just like, you just feel numb like it's just hard and it's frustrating so I feel like each appointment too is different and I feel like the more appointments you go to the more you're kind of like you begin to expect it but then still when it happens it's still it's still a hard thing and so I feel like just 
processing those emotions, however it may look, is the best thing. And it looks different for every doctor's visit, every person. It's just, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to process it. Yeah, no, for sure. And then speaking of this, like, big emotions that we get from all these different scenarios, both in the doctor's office and then throughout your days, because we have so many ups and downs and all these chronic conditions. And um, how have you coped mental, like with your mental health side of things? How have you handled everything? Yeah. So I feel like, you know, having a, a support system has been huge and having just the chronic illness community where you can connect with people who just understand what it's like can help so much. And then for me personally, you know, at 17, um, that's when I became a Christian. I mean, I grew up in the church and stuff, but for me, that was the vital moment of a kind of a, a realization that I wanted God to be my own relationship, not just something my parents and my grandparents talked about. And so I feel like not that that made things like as soon as I became a Christian, I was like, well, everything's great. Like it wasn't that, but, but it was this, realization of I didn't have to go through this alone I always had a built-in support system because of my relationship with God and knowing that while he could be a best friend to me he was also in control of everything and so while I still struggle with all those emotions that of course we all go through it helps knowing that God is still working all things for my good or even being on this podcast for you you know if I was still in such a dark place, I couldn't be on this podcast talking with you. And, you know, I couldn't be sharing with other people that yes, it can be scary and life can be hard, but it can also be beautiful. And so I feel like for me coping, just being a Christian, having God to lean on has been like such a huge thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, going back as well, you were mentioning um, when you finish some doctor's appointments, you do a, a Christian what was it? Heavy metal. You said, do yeah. you have any favorite art, um, like artists or groups or anything like that for that? Oh yeah. So my favorite Christian metal band would have to be a band called for today. And I just love their music and you know, it's metal music. So of course it's like the hardcore drumming and like the guitar, but then they're screaming that like, you know, God is triumphant. Like he's like amazing. Like he's going to win the battle. So it's things like that, where I was like, I needed that metal music, but I also like still needed God at the center. So it was screaming like, God's in control, which is what I needed. And so, you know, sometimes just having those things where it's like knowing that God doesn't get mad at our emotions. He created us with all these emotions. And so just learning how to kind of point them in the right direction and use them for good and to help others and and just learn and grow in yourself. If, you know, if I didn't have the doctor's appointments and stuff with the gaslighting, like I wouldn't know so much more about myself, which I know that sounds like cliche and stupid, but I've gotten to a point, you know, now where I've been struggling with my health for years. And I finally feel like, not that I've accepted things, but I'm starting to kind of see the beauty in the right now while still like having hope in the future. That's awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> um, and then we were also talking about, you know, you, you were mentioning the community and your support system. Are there any other um, resources or um, things that you do to kind of help figure things out, cope with things like any um, organizations or books or websites or support groups or anything like that that you really like looked into? 
Yeah, so a couple years ago, my mom bought me a devotional book for Christians with chronic illnesses, and it's called um, Searching for Sea Glass. It's on Amazon. I'm sure if you like search Searching for Sea Glass, you'll um, you'll find it. But that was a really helpful um, resource for me, kind of seeing how the, the the person who wrote the book she had a chronic she had chronic illnesses and and she struggled and stuff, but then still how she found her hope in God was like super um just cool to me and it really helped me process my own grief and stuff and because this was like shortly after being diagnosed so it's been a couple years and um so that's one helpful thing and then just Instagram has been so amazing I found so much community and support and then YouTube I'm always especially in the beginning was always like searching like pots or fibromyalgia or like different YouTube videos of people with my health issues or like a day in the life, like I just like search all these things to try to see what it was like for other people. And that really helped me. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you were just mentioning a, a really great point there. I'm not sure how comfortable you're, you are going into that, but um, you mentioned the grief part of chronic illnesses. And I feel like this isn't talked about nearly as much as it needs to be. Cause when we yeah. think of grief, we think of losing a person or or something along those lines, but do you have anything in terms of the grief that it you you had gone through yeah I feel like it's such a hard thing too and I feel like everyone it's so unique and like you said when we think of grief we think of losing someone but you can also grieve the healthy body in, in a sense or the body you never the healthy body you never got to have or you had and then you've lost it and so it's one of those things where you you see your health kind of slipping and and you're having to process the doctor's appointments getting diagnoses and like all these things and it can be hard and you're having to grieve your healthy body and because you know I'm 20 years old and I see all my friends on Instagram like they're going to college and sororities or they're traveling the world and that's amazing for them I'm so glad that's part of their their journey but for me mine looked different and I had to process grieving what I thought it would look like and kind of it accept and thrive in the now so I mean it's definitely it's definitely hard to kind of say like what I do I I definitely think like I said my my relationship with God has helped me through that grieving process knowing that he's there with me he doesn't get upset at my grieving he doesn't you know like I I have a plan to prosper you and not to harm you you know to give you a future and hope why don't you just listen to that and stop grieving you know he sat there with me in a sense and and was comforted me even when I was grieving and he never got mad at that. So I think just having that relationship with God, knowing that I was allowed to grieve and it was okay that, you know, I was grieving a life that I thought I would have and just learning how to move forward in, in this new life of health issues. Cause there's no guidebook for it, unfortunately, as much as I'm sure you wish there was. Um, so that'd be hard too, knowing I'm just kind of making this stuff up as I go along. So that can be scary but just each day I mean and it's not the grief process isn't something where you can I mean it's just like if you grieve a death it's not like you're going to grieve all of it in a couple days and then like move on with your life it's going to be this constant thing that ebbs and flows and you're going to have seasons where you're going to do great with it and then you're going to have seasons when you're like I just I have to sit in these emotions and I have to work through them and I have to process them so just knowing that um it's okay to process those emotions and it's okay if you go months where you have acceptance and then, you know, days where you're like struggling with that. So just learning that's okay. However your emotions turn out, it's okay to process them and sit in them and 
and work through them. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Um, and then another question for you here is, um, I know you had, we both took a sip of water before, so we do our water bottles and I saw you had a watch on there. I'm not sure if it tracks your heart rate at all. Yeah. Um, do you have any other um, things that you have or use throughout the day to kind of help you throughout your day? Oh, definitely. I'm a big fan of compression socks. I'm wearing cupcake. No, they're ice cream cone ones right now. And yeah, so compression socks are huge. Um, I do the 20 to 30 um, compression, if that means anything to anyone. Those are my favorite. Um, and then I'll do electrolyte drinks. I have one with me now. So there's like liquid IV, BioLite, LMN, LMNT, um, which is an electrolyte drink like packet. So there's so many amazing ones. So definitely having that. Um, I'll do ice packs. I'll get like little like mini square ice packs. And if I'm going somewhere or if I get overheated, I will put them in my shirt or pants. And so I know it sounds funny, but that's something that can help with temperature dysregulation. Of course, I have my my waters always beside me. Um, salt shoes. I actually took one before I came on this episode with you because I wanted to like have a little extra sodium in my system. So just like different things like that, learning to just always be prepared and kind of, I mean, I kind of feel like a mom in a sense, you know, because you're always, when someone's a mom, they're always having to carry everything for the kid. Um, I feel like I carry everything to help my body. So I'm always having like all the supplies and and supplements and waters and stuff next to me. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. Do you, so you said um, liquid IV, you said a few others like LMNT for the salt and then the salt chews. I've never heard of those. What yeah. brand do you use for that? So it's Vitassium, like quick, mm -hmm. uh, it's like Vitassium salt chews and they have different flavors. Um, I've tried lemon and orange so far and those are really good. And um, they taste like little sour candies, which I'm obsessed with. So um, it doesn't even taste salty to me. It might to someone else, but they're really good. And if I'm like struggling, like I'll just have one of those, one or two of those, and it helps me feel better. Especially at night, I'll have blood pressure drops. And if I have a couple of those, I can normally go to sleep and my blood pressure doesn't drop as bad. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's very helpful. And I'm going to look into those as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm a hundred percent going to try them. Um, so then we were talking about, you have the podcast. And so what made you want to become an advocate in the chronic health? So spe you're specifically talking about POTS quite a bit. Um, cause that's what you're, you're struggling with here. And um, what made you want to be an advocate? So I, I have struggled, like I said earlier, with my health issues since I was a kid, but I actually kept my health issues a secret until I was about 19. So I haven't been sharing it very long, but it was just, I was, you know, of course I had all those emotions I was struggling with and then taking so long to get answers. I kind of felt like maybe I was being dramatic or like, what if people found out the truth and they looked at me differently? What if they thought I was lying? What if they thought I was weird? Um, so it was just all those emotions. It's like a young, a young teenager and then a young adult having to like work through and process. So I feel like once I finally, my health started getting to a point where I couldn't hide it anymore. So I was like, I wanted to start advocating for others, but 
because I started, sorry, I'm trying to like remember all like the details, but I actually created my Be Positive Instagram. Um, I think it was last year. It was like 20, no, it was 2021. And I created it because it was starting to get to the point where I was having to tell my friends and stuff. And I was like, I want my friends to kind of see what it's like to live in my life, to see my perspective, because it was really hard for me to kind of open up and share because when I went into hang out with friends or went out in public, I kind of wanted to focus on having fun and kind of as, as best I could leave my symptoms at the house. And then when I come home, I'd crash and of course have those crazy symptoms. So if I could kind of put them aside while I was out with friends, I wanted to do that. But I also wanted them to see a perspective from my side. And then as I started creating my Instagram, I realized like I could help others like me. Like I, I wanted to be the the voice that I couldn't be when I was younger because I was too scared. And so I feel like my goal was really to help my friends and family understand, but also to help others who were like I was, you know, when I was younger, a few years ago, they're just too scared and, and are processing all these hard emotions and can't necessarily advocate for themselves because they are processing all the grief and all the scary feelings. So, um, I created that Instagram and then it was like this year it was just a few months ago I created the podcast and it's just been so amazing to connect with others like me all over the world so yeah yeah I know that's awesome and so I know we've mentioned your podcast and um all that but do you have any future goals or aspirations for the future how you kind of are hoping things are going to go yeah so I feel like I'm kind of very much in the just go with the flow, whatever happens, happens. Because as you know, it can be hard to make plans with um, having health issues and stuff, but I think it would be cool. I've been working on like chronic illness merch and, and I've sold some stuff. So that's been really cool. Just kind of like, like getting awareness out there and helping others. And then, I don't know, just kind of seeing where life takes me and you know what God's plans are for my life. So just kind of taking it one day at a time, I guess, because there's days where I feel great and I could go shopping with my wheelchair but then there are days I have to like rest a lot so just kind of I'd be open to anything honestly yeah that's awesome so continue working on what you're working on and see where it goes eh yeah no that's awesome and then um my last question for you uh would be do you have any words of encouragement um or inspiration for anyone who's listening who might be going through like a similar experience with either fibromyalgia or um the pot side of things um anything like that yeah, I would say that's a hard one. That's a good one, but that's a hard one. Um, just know you're not alone and every day is going to look different. And if you're having a good health day, remember to still rest because that can be that can be hard. And I also put a um, poll up on my Instagram. I think it was like a couple of days ago asking people on my Instagram, do you ever like have a good health day and think you're cured and then overdo it? And everyone was like, oh my gosh, yes. And so I feel like that's, <laughs> yes, we do a lot. We'll, we'll um, have a good health day and we'll feel good and then completely overdo it and then be like, well, why am I bad again? Where it's just, it ebbs and flows. Take the good days as they come, thrive in them, enjoy them. And then on the bad days, rest knowing that you thrived on your good days. And it's okay if every day looks a little bit different. There is no... Um, one size fits all for chronic illness it affects everyone differently so just just because 
someone's cousin can do something and they have a chronic illness doesn't mean you can or vice versa. Just learning to just help your body however it looks. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, and you bring up such a good point. that It's a consistent thing of I'm having a good day two days in a row. I'm fine. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's such a struggle. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, um, so you're speaking of your Instagram there. Where can people find you for your, so we talked about your um, podcast is the pots, uh, be positive. Um, and then your Instagram, where can they find you there? So it's be underscore positive. So they're both be positive. Just one's um, a podcast and one's Instagram. But if you Google, I think now, even if you Google like be positive, Sarah Reed, I think my podcast will come up. And I don't know if it does that for Instagram yet, because I'm not like super like, popular or anything. Uh, but on Instagram, it's be underscore positive, no capitals or anything. Awesome. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. I so enjoyed it.